Blog Talk Radio. Time now for the Gridiron Stud Show. Well, you can be all American. Actually, you now. You're actually, I can do it now. You can do it now? Yeah, I can do it. But I'm trying to focus on my position. With your host, Chad Wilson. They hate no me on set. You know, yeah, I got to something in the mix. Bringing you high school, college, and NFL talk. I don't rap a discipline. Yes, sir. You all need more discipline. True discipline. Come on, get a grip. Call us on the show today. Don't get out of my face with that crazy that, stuff. That, that. The number to call, 347-633-9365. If y'all got to take, y'all know that. Or you can reach us on Twitter, at Gridiron Stud. And now, your host, Chad Wednesday, it is a recruiting roundtable Wednesday here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We are exactly one week away from National Signing Day 2016. Uh, and I myself personally have been hyping up this particular National Signing Day because I feel it's going to be the wildest one ever. That's just a gut feeling that I have when you have the number of coaching changes that uh, we have had in this offseason. It only stands to reason that the prospect movement and flipping and all the shenanigans will be in full force when we have National Signing Day next Wednesday. Looking uh, forward to all of the madness. It is a soap opera for college football fans. It is true reality TV for recruiting fans, for college football fans. It's what we all wait for and You know what, we could go on and on about the dirty side and the dirty business of college football recruiting, but uh, deep down inside, you know, we like all that stuff. We like all that craziness. I'll tell you what else we like in this country, man. Apparently, that's Donald Trump. I mean, I have never seen someone so not want something in their life and end up getting it. Like uh, I'm seeing here, Donald Trump doesn't want to be your president. He doesn't even want to be the Republican nominee, I think. I think he started off trying to do this thing to get some publicity because he's a publicity hound, and that kind of makes his business go around. And he figured the more outlandish that I can be, the more press that I will get, and then something crazy happened. He started leading in the polls. I think that was something that was a bit of a shock to him. Now he wants out, and he's doing crazy things to get out of the race, and the more crazy stuff he does, the further ahead in the polls he gets. I don't know if that's a sad indictment on our country and where we're at, 
But it is what it is, as they say. So uh, Donald Trump pulling something like not even going to participate in a debate. Like the man's boycotting a debate. And he's come up with a reason as, uh, you know, the moderator is a little too mean for me. Donald Trump likes blondes. But not this particular one. Nevertheless, I'm not going to get too political on the show because the topic here is recruiting. And that's what we're going to be doing here for the next hour plus. If you want to reach me on the show, it's 347-633-9365. If this is your first time listening, here's the deal. I get uh, five to six reporters here on the recruiting roundtable each and every week. Sometimes I'll have seven on here. We go through a number of topics that are kind of hot and others that we just really need to know about here with the individual reporters. And we talk about it. And we get on here and uh, these group of guys really get out the news. These are some of the top reporters around the country, some of the best in the business at what it is they do. So I get them on here, we talk these topics, and we discuss them, and we let you, the listener, kick them around in your head. So that's what we're going to be doing here tonight on the show. And uh, coming up here in about the next 10 minutes or so, 10, 15 minutes, going to kick it all off with Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com. The Gators trying to close strong in this 2016 recruiting class. They've had a number of early enrollees, so that kind of put them ahead of the game, and then they got some early commitments, and now they're just trying to top things off, trying to put the cherry on top with some of the top recruits who we'll talk to Spivey about that. Also going to have Keith Niver on. He's a, a, a Auburn recruiting specialist. Auburn trying to jump into the top 10 with their recruiting class and a couple of big-name targets out there that still are a possibility for them, so we'll talk about that. Also going to have uh, Greg Biggins on. National Recruiting Analyst for Scout.com, based out west. So we'll talk some national stuff and also some West Coast stuff with Greg as he has a wide range of uh, things that he could touch on. Rob Cassidy and Corey Bender are going to be on. Rob's from Rivals.com. He'll be on to talk some uh, University of Miami recruiting here with us uh, at the bottom of the next hour, as well as Corey Bender, who specializes in the state of Florida and the southeast region. We'll talk some recruits out of that area and touch some important topics with him. Some uh, Something that's on the table, and a lot of people are talking about it down here in the state of Florida, is that a bill has been introduced. And um, I, yeah, I suppose this thing's going to fly forward. This might be a go, folks. And uh, what I'm talking about is the bill that's going to allow high school athletes, well, high school students, just in general, but, you know, the biggest deal about this is going to be the athletes, of course. And that is allowing high school athletes to transfer to another school, irregardless of the borders, and that's your public school. Okay, that's what's that's what's at stake here. Obviously, private schools never really had any borders. They could take whoever they want, as long as they can get transportation, they were there. But now we're talking public schools being able to do that. And, uh, you know, it might be interesting to get a take from a couple of people outside of the area, but I especially expect those in Florida, especially South Florida, to uh, jump on in the second hour of the Gridiron Stud Show to talk about that. Obviously, I need to get my reporters on here. We need to talk these uh, topics that we have. But that is going to be the topic in the uh, second part of the hour. What do we think about that bill allowing high school athletes to transfer to whatever school they want? No borders. So no one needs to lie. No one needs to move in with grandma. No one needs to use auntie's address. They don't need to do any of that stuff anymore. It will be a full go, free for all. If you can sell them on your school, they'll be there. They'll be right there at your school. 
checking things out. So I don't want to get too deep into that conversation right here because, you know, I do want the phone calls and it gets too hot and heavy and people are going to start calling and I won't be able to take the calls because I do need to have the reporters on. They are going to uh, take up the next hour of the show and, you know, we do also want to hear about that as well. But, you know, please stay tuned. I want you to hear the reporters um, and uh, listen to the conversations that we're having there with them as we're getting down to the nitty-gritty. do want to make a programming note, however. do want to make this very important programming, no- programming note. Sorry about that, fumbling over my words here. But nevertheless, do want to uh, remind you all that the second annual Signing Day Eve show by the Gridiron Stud Show We'll be on next Tuesday, trying to do three hours there, trying to get three hours out of this blog talk radio thing. I'd like to go through the night. I'd like to go through the night, if I could, with the show. I mean, that's as long as some of the uh, financial negotiations. Oops, sorry. Wasn't, wasn't supposed to say that. Um, the negotiations on trying to get a particular player to your school will go through the night next week. Your college football coach, uh, those are some. That's a sleepless night. I don't know how any college coach can go to bed on Tuesday ahead of signing day. I mean, you've got to be a bundle of nerves, even the coolest of customers, because you never know what's happening in those hours while you're asleep to your your kid that you're expecting to uh, sign with you. And I'm talking about even guys that are committed. I'm not talking necessarily about the kids that are going to pull the hat on signing day in the signing day ceremony, you already know, you've already resigned yourself in your mind to the possibility that, that kid might not come to you. But it's when kids you've had committed to you for quite some time, they've told you they're coming, and um, you're still a little nervous about it because, you know, there's another school recruiting them up. There's some hotshot recruiter that you know is known to, you know, flip a kid around that's been coming at them. You know, you may have text the kid or try to call a kid. He didn't call you back. He didn't text you back. Oh, yeah, that's that's a killer right there. That's the killer one. When they don't respond to that text late in the process and they, they're committed to you. Oh, that'll make you, that'll keep you up all night long. That'll get you worried. And the head coach is looking at you sideways like, I thought you had this kid signed, sealed, and delivered. What's the deal? A lot of pressure on college football coach. Coaches with this recruiting thing. There's no doubt about that. So, yes, uh, the uh, National Signing Day Eve show next Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Mark that down. Put it in your calendar. Put it in your iPhone. Write it on your Post-it note. Put it in your flip phone. Whatever you got to do, but be nowhere else but here listening to the National Signing Day Eve show next Tuesday, 8 p.m., trying to go from 8 to 11. And we'll have the reporters on. We'll bring up some topics. We'll take some of your questions. We'll have some other special guests that aren't necessarily reporters, but people connected with the whole recruiting process. And, you know, if you're a parent or you're a recruit that's in that world of recruiting, I would urge you to listen to the show and to also, you know, make a phone call. Call in here with your questions, your comments and concerns. It's easy to do. And again, I'm giving you that number if you're listening right now. You might want to do that tonight. It's 347-633-9365. Second hour of the show tonight, we will be talking the topic of allowing high school football students, athletes, 
to uh, transfer, regardless of where they live. No boundaries. No boundaries. The new bill is floating around there. It's going to become a reality, it seems, here in the state of Florida. How do you feel about it? So would love for you folks to call in in the second hour as we have an open discussion on it. And state your uh, state your your whys, your who's. Why do you think this is a good thing? Why do you think it's a bad thing? We'll be looking at all that here in the second hour of the Gridiron Stud Show. What does the public think? I put up a poll about it. I've got to have a poll. So I did put up a poll on uh, the Gridiron Stud's Twitter account. And again, if you're listening to me for the first time, you might want to check me out. On Twitter, at Gridiron Studs. Going to want to do that. But uh, I did run a poll on my Twitter account. And uh, let's see what those results are. Trying to pull those up right now as we speak. Trying to do two things at once here. But let's take a look at the poll. wasn't very promising in favor of uh, this rule. So as it stands right now, 81 votes. 69% 69% say that this transfer bill with no restrictions due to where you live is a bad thing. 69% saying it's a bad thing. 31% saying it's a good thing. If you're listening now and you haven't voted on the poll, you can head over now uh, there on Twitter, at Gridiron Studs, and vote. It's the new state of Florida high school transfer bill with no restrictions due to where you live. Is this a good thing or is this a bad thing? So go ahead and lob your vote in there right now. And again, like I said, we'll have a discussion about it in the second hour. We'll sit down and talk about this thing. And uh, some of you out there can state your case. We'll be looking forward to that. So there you go. All right, I'm going to have Andrew Spivey on here with me in just a moment. And, uh, you know, we are going to... Jump into it with Andrew Spive. You're going to talk Florida Gators recruiting, as there are a number of targets that uh, are on the uh, line here for the Gators to close out strong. And uh, we'll talk to Andrew Spive and see what uh, we're going to read the tea leaves with Andrew Spive and see uh, see where Florida is at with these guys. So we'll do that more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show. Stay with me here. We'll be right back. Are you a property owner or want to be one, but you don't have time for property management? Then get an MVP on your team. Who has time for the letting process? for arranging inventories and organizing pre-tenancy cleaning, dealing with deposit negotiation and negotiating with service suppliers and maintenance. No one's got time for that. MVP does though. Get this MVP on your team. You can rely on MVP property management to offer you an extreme amount of quality and professional services for your money. And because they know that everyone is different, they pride themselves in providing a professionalized service to each and every one of their clients. So how do you get this MVP on your team? It's simple. Pick up the phone and call right now. 844-696-8722. That's 844-MY-MVP-CC. Or send an email to info at mymvp.cc. 
Get this MVP on your team and start winning today. You want the truth? Well, here it is. Speed kills. And in no other sport is that true than in football. Speed gets you to the end zone. Speed gets you to the ball carrier. Speed makes you a winner. Do you want championship-type speed? Do you want speed that kills? Then Complete Speed is what you need. Complete Speed is turning athletes into game breakers. With quick and easy methods that are easy to understand, Complete Speed can shave time off your 40-yard dash, make you quicker and more explosive. They have a clear progression, drills, and exercises along with specific instructions. They also have proven sample workouts and programs for you, the individual, or for you, the coach. Speed is what you need, so hurry now and check out Complete Speed. Just go to gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed. That's gridironstuds.com forward slash complete speed for more information right now. To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit gridironstuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. Gridironstuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen. All right, we're back here on a Wednesday edition of the Gridiron Stud Show, the recruiting roundtable edition of the Gridiron Stud Show. And uh, we are just one week away. I like how I'm having this countdown to it. But we're exactly one week away from uh, National Signing Day and a uh, chance where we get to. It's the Christmas. It's Christmas for college football fans and college football recruiting fans. A quick run through of the top 10 recruiting classes. And this is, you know, different with each and every recruiting outfit, so to speak. There are a couple of different numbers. Today I'm going to use 247 Sports for it. Uh, at the number 10 spot is Clemson. They've done well recruiting over the years. Um, you know what? C- considering how far they went this year, I thought they'd be a little higher. But nevertheless, number 10 is Clemson. They've got one five-star and nine four-stars committed to them. Georgia is in there at number nine, two five-stars, nine four-stars. Notre Dame, number eight, no five-stars, but they've got ten four-stars committed to them. Alabama, as you would expect, national champions. They are in there at number seven, one five-star, and uh, nine four-stars committed. Florida, up there at number six, Jim McElwain's first full recruiting go at it for the Florida Gators, zero five-stars, nine four-stars committed. Florida State, number five, they've been a staple there in the top ten for the last couple of years. They are uh, number five, one five-star, four, or 11 four-stars in the bank for them. Ole Miss. Number one in five stars. Number four overall, but they've got three five stars uh, in the back of their truck. Uh, Ten four stars. Michigan, Jim Harbaugh's first go at it. 
winning on the field, winning on the recruiting trail. But we'll be talking about Jim Harbaugh here on the show today. He has uh, been a very hot topic of late, so we'll we'll go touch on that one. But zero five stars for Michigan, but 14, 14 four stars. Um, and Ohio State, boy, is this going to be a battle, man. The Big Ten's got to be uh, loving this. Urban and Harbaugh going at it in more ways than one. Ohio State, number two. Urban Meyer does know how to recruit. Ohio State, always uh, a, a popular destination for high school football players. They have one five-star, four, uh, 15 four-stars committed to them. And the number one. I mean, they tried to fire the man, and he survived. And then regardless of that, they still keep coming to Baton Rouge. LSU is number one. with A total of 22 commits, one five-star, 17 four-stars. So there you have it. Those are your rankings. All right. Uh, I mentioned this team as having one of the top ten recruiting classes in the country. I don't know if you'd know it, if you've been listening to the fans as of late. They seem to have forgotten with, you know, the hay that's already in the barn. But nevertheless, what's fandom's all about? We're going to talk about Florida Gators recruiting right now with Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com. Spivey, how's it going? Doing great, Chad. How are you? I'm doing all right. Just your typical Wednesday, one week away. And uh, the madness is in full force. You know, definitely, definitely, yeah, definitely getting crazy out there. All right, let's get into it. Last week, you had a very important visitor, someone that I happen to know. But we're going to forget about that part here because it's all about you and what you know. Uh, Ryan Burns took his trip up there to Florida, to Gainesville, and um, you had a chance to speak with him. Spill the tea on Ryan Burns. You think he's coming to Florida? How was his visit? And if he's not coming to Florida, what would be the reason? You know, I, I think heading into the visit, um, Georgia was probably the team to beat, and, and I was maybe a little concerned about uh, where Florida was at. Uh, after the visit, though, um, everything I've heard, everything Brian told me, the, the visit went extremely well uh, from that standpoint. And, uh, yeah, you know, I would say heading into this visit to Florida State, Florida is, is the leader. Um, you know, they're right there with Florida State and Georgia. Um, I, I've heard some say Georgia's the leader. I, I would probably say Georgia was running uh, – was running uh, third right now behind Florida and Florida State. Yeah. Um, you know, Georgia's always been in it, and it was a while where we thought they were falling off. Did Florida State start pushing at the end? What's the push for Florida State for Brian Burns? What do you what do you, what do you think's their angle well, here? Why, why are they in it? You know, everything that I've been told and that Brian has told me as well is that Florida State continues to tell them that they need pass rushers. Uh, that was something that, you know, struggled for Florida State this year was, was rushing the passer, and that's something they want to get better at. It as you would know, Brian Burns is probably one of, if not the best pass rushers in the uh, in the country, and that's their message to kind of pairing with Janarius Robinson that's already in school. And then Florida's message is, you know, let's pairing with uh, Antonius Clayton that is uh, coming into campus in, in June already as well so uh you know both guys are really looking for pass rushers and um i think it might be who just has the best message of how to use those two guys yeah he's uh, always been one to uh, really try and figure out where he fits in a team's defense so that's been a big part of it for him and you know, the schools that are still in it right now um obviously have made a good pitch in in putting brian in their defense so um, that's that's a, a big part that you got going here. Nick Eubanks was scheduled to make his trip to Gainesville last week, was not able to, was sick, 
And, uh, you know, there's been a number of teams kind of meddling in this thing late. If you're a Florida Gators fan, uh, there was supposed to be a trip to USC. I heard there would be a trip to Oregon. Now Michigan coming in late. What's the latest on Nick Eubanks that you have? Yeah, I think uh, I think heading into this weekend or last weekend, excuse me, I thought it was a two horse battle between Florida and and Alabama, and now Michigan comes out of nowhere. Uh, Nick is bowling with Jim Harbaugh and Jay Harbaugh, and uh, you know it kind of seems like Michigan is the the hot team right now. And then boom, they pop up with Nick. So for me, it's a it's a situation of how real is the Michigan stuff, and how much of it is just that. I want to get one more trip in before I go to Florida. And then my next question is, does he make it to Florida this weekend? Uh, some question marks as to whether he makes it to Florida or not. And if he makes it to Florida, I've long believed that I thought Florida was, if not the team to be, uh, they, they were right there as you know one of the teams to be with Alabama. And Florida needs a tight end in this class big time. McElwain does an incredible job with the, with the tight ends. And uh, it kind of has made Nick that priority from the very beginning. So I've long believed that if, uh, if Eubanks visited Florida, that Florida had the best chance to land him. Um, it just – to me, now I'm kind of wondering where Michigan is in this whole deal. And I know he goes up there midweek, so Florida does get that last word uh, for him. And as long as he makes it this weekend, then I think Florida fans should be very happy. Yeah, um, obviously him showing up on campus would be big. You get, you know, I guess you would call it the last shot at him, and that's usually a good thing. So that's going to be interesting to see another uh, recruit that's on the the hook and off on, not sure where he's going to go. And, you know, that's is Aaron, Aaron Robinson. He's a committed recruit, but there's been some rufflings there. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, you and I talked about this on the show last week. It, it, you know, he has a, doesn't have a test score right now. He's still waiting to take the ACT, uh, which will happen um, a week from Saturday, February 6th. And so right now all these visits are unofficial visits. And uh, Florida has been the team to beat forever. And Alabama kind of comes in late, and Nick Saban kind of makes him a priority. Uh, I know his coach likes Nick Saban as well, and his coach is the one taking him on these visits. So uh, Alabama is the team he visits this weekend, and Florida's definitely sweating that visit there, uh, they're hoping that the, the almost year-long commitment that he made to Florida, Florida continue to make him a priority, continue to recruit him hard, uh, despite him not having a test score. They're hoping that wins out. You know, I, I do know Aaron had a, a very, very good trip, but I think if, you know, if Aaron has the final decision in where he goes, I think it's Florida. I do know he has a lot of people in his ear that kind of want him to go out of state and want him to go to Nick Saban in Alabama. So I, I guess it's going to be, does Aaron make the best decision for himself or is he kind of looking uh, for others to help him out with the decision? And then the, then the next question is, is does he get the test score needed to get into school uh, once he does commit and sign with a school next Wednesday? Yeah, uh, well, that's, you know, what crazy as that sounds, that's that's the uh, second thing to worry about and not the first. Just get the guys first, get them on board first, and then worry all about all that later. Well, another defensive back that's also big in the news for Florida, will he, won't he, Christian Fulton uh, out of Louisiana. What's the latest on Christian Fulton? Oh, it's a uh, it's a battle always for Louisiana, and uh, I think Florida's sitting here back here saying, there's a reason we only recruit a couple guys out of Louisiana every year. It's just um, right now, Florida has done a really, really good job of getting Christian Fulton on campus so many times this summer and, and this fall, and even for some games, you know, recently. Uh, so Florida definitely has his gear. 
Uh, Chris has said many times Florida's one of his favorite schools uh, growing up with LSU. He likes the DBU whole conversation there, knows he can play there, and he's become very good friends with Chauncey Gardner um, as well. Uh, it's Once again, it's one of those things where he's got some people saying stay in state, play for the Tigers at LSU. Uh, LSU has some coaches that are very close to his family as well. And, uh, the biggest thing Florida has to do this weekend when he takes his official visit is get mom and dad comfortable with Gainesville. Get them comfortable with that seven-hour drive from New Orleans to Gainesville and make sure they feel comfortable sending Christian to Gainesville. And if Florida can win over parents, I feel really good about where they're at. Surprisingly enough, even though it's an LSU guy or a Louisiana guy, um, just because I think Christian likes Florida, and I think Christian school is Florida. I think right now dad's school is LSU. So, went over dad, you're good. If not, you're probably looking at Christian going to LSU next Wednesday. Yeah, um, you know, and you always have those kind of battles that go down. Kid wants something, dad wants something else. I've seen those go both ways, man. So, just because the kid likes it doesn't necessarily mean that that's how this whole thing is going to turn out. So, um, another one of those things we'll need to keep our eye on. Nevertheless, right now, Florida sitting at number five. Whether they get these guys or not, uh, you have to feel good about having a top ten class, true or not. Absolutely. And I think the the thing that a lot of people do not realize and aren't taking into account is 12 of these guys that are in this class are currently working out and going to class and, and doing drills and, and working with the current team right now. Uh, you basically have 12 new players that are going to go through the spring. And I, I always consider not how – what the stars are in the class more so is did you feel the needs of your football team that you, you go through the check marks that Florida needed to hit at quarterback at, at uh, linebacker and at receiver you could check all three of those boxes and successful uh, for Florida and they got guys that are in school already at those three positions so whether Florida gets another recruit in this class or not I think of course I think they will whether or not they do or not though this has been a great class for McElwain and uh, a, a building block for this class heading into 2017 when Really and truly, McElwain is on level ground. You and I both can attest to this, that relationships are made over a two- or three-year period, and Florida was kind of late in the day, so a lot of these 2016 guys, and they'll be you know, pretty close to being even on the 2017 class. So, uh, in my opinion, a remarkable job by the staff in getting the, the needs that they needed for this roster. Yeah, definitely you want to fill some needs. I think right now what they're going for is the gravy on top or the cherry on top. And uh, they're going to continue working there. Outside of these three big names I've dropped for you, what's another one we really need to keep an eye on? How about Quincy Linton? Yeah, Quincy Linton's a guy I, I really like him a lot at safety. You know, I think he's a, a very good player, and I think he's a guy that doesn't get talked about a lot, a lot because he plays in Mississippi and at Meridian was smaller school. Then he was injured a little bit as well, but played really well in the Alabama Mississippi All Star game. And I, you know, I think he's a guy that. When you look back at the class in two to three years, you're going to say, this guy was a really good surprise in this class um, at that safety position. And then, you know, I'll, I'll go to other guys for you. I'll, I'll go wide receiver Tyree Cleveland as a guy that visits this weekend. And um, anyone that watched him at the Under Armour All-American game walked away impressed. I, I told some people I thought he could have been the best receiver in the country um, after that week. And he's a guy that has is committed to Houston right now, has Florida 
probably running second right now. I've got a lot of family in the Jacksonville area, uh, really, really close to Kerry Dixon and Rick Wells. Uh, so I think Porter's got a really good shot this weekend. And then uh, maybe the, the biggest guy left on the board is offensive lineman John Simpson. That's out of uh, North Carolina, excuse me, South Carolina. Uh, Florida Clemson are battling for him right now. And um, a lot of people are saying that Florida is the, is the team that's uh, probably the team to beat right now because of um, the playing time at Florida and the ability to get on the field quicker than he is at Clemson right now, who has a lot of returning offensive linemen. Sure. Uh, I spent some time last week, you know, looking again um, at at Tyree Cleveland. If Florida gets no one else but that guy, uh, I think they'd be doing something really, really good in this class. He is that deep threat that Florida really, really needs in the offense to kind of, you know, stretch out the defense a little bit and let let those other guys get some work underneath, Brandon Powell, Antonio Callaway, and, you know, any of the other newcomers that could jump in there are guys that were, you know, just about ready to, uh, for their turn. Um, and me, even let the run game pop off a little bit more. And Tyree Cleveland's that guy that's going to back people up a little bit. So if they can add that guy in this whole recruiting class, that's going to be a, a good get for them for sure. So, um Look like it's going to be wild for Florida like everyone else, especially in the SEC. Absolutely. It's always good, you know, to, to kind of watch this uh, the class kind of come to a fold. You you watch it for so long, and then it's like, okay, these guys are going here. And you always get a few surprise uh, guys that pop up and um, go to a school you hadn't really thought about. You had a couple guys last week. One of the guys was Josh Hooch. Michigan hadn't been in the mix for a while and pops up and commits to them. So you always get a school out of nowhere that uh, kind of grabs a kid. So I love signing day. It's Christmas for us recruiting guys. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Or it could be Halloween, and everyone's calling Jim Harbaugh the boogeyman right now. So uh, <laughs> this is going to be an interesting week coming on here. And, Spivey, I'm looking forward to having you on my National Signing Day Eve show next Tuesday. That's going to be a nice one. Absolutely, Chad. I appreciate it. I think Jim Harbaugh is just like the cool parent that comes over for the sleepovers all the time. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I see you had to slide that one in there. <laughs> I feel you, Spivey. All right, man, appreciate you coming on, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next week. You got it, Chad. Take care. All right, that's Andrew Spivey from GatorCountry.com, touching on uh, a number of top targets for the University of Florida, who sits right now with the number five recruiting class in the country. Uh, according to most of the recruiting outfits. All right, this uh, this team's not in the top 10. They're used to being there. Right now they're number 11. So uh, on to talk Auburn recruiting with me right now. It's Keith Niver from 247 Sports. Keith, how you doing? I'm good. What's going on, man? Hey, man, uh, always good to have you on. You uh, come with the solid information, the good delivery, all that good stuff. So appreciate you joining us here on a Wednesday on the recruiting Roundtable. Let's jump right into it. I brought it up. Auburn ranked 11th. Usually, you know, your top 10 recruiting class type of team. Um, a little bit of a struggle for them on the field this year. Should anyone be worried about that? And what are their prospects of getting into the all-important top 10 recruiting class? Yeah, I don't really think being in the top 10 is essential. I mean, do you have? Are you filling some needs, and not just your immediate needs, but your really your needs for you know one year down the road because you don't want to have to play a bunch of true freshmen if you don't have to, uh, or at least too much of them. Um, and, and then also, you know, the quality, and are there some, are there some um, what do you call it, difference makers, we'll call them. You know what I mean, a potential difference maker. In other words, you know, you can have a, some, some good quarterbacks come in, but one, can one of them elevate your team, you know? So uh, a guy like a John Franklin, who's from your neck of the woods, South Plantation High, signed with Florida State, 
then transferred to East Mississippi Community College. He's already early enrolled at Auburn. If he can mm-hmm. be a guy that can compete for the starting quarterback job and maybe win that job and, and provide an element of the, of the offense that they didn't have last year, which was a running quarterback, you know, maybe he can elevate your team. He wasn't a great fit at FSU, but maybe he will be at Auburn. So uh, in that sense, you know, we don't know. You have to wait and see. But in terms of filling your needs, you know, Auburn had several defensive lines, wide receiver. Um, those were a couple of the big ones. And uh, they've done pretty well there. They've done pretty well there. Uh, offensive line, that's where they have struggled a little bit. They're hoping to finish with the bang. Uh, the secondary has been pretty good. Linebacker, eh, they could do a little bit better. They could they could get one more guy and they'd be in good shape. But overall, the class is pretty solid. And, again, you win – you win up front in the SEC, and on the defensive side of the ball, Auburn's done exceptionally well. It's still in the game with the big-name guy, Derek Brown, a top-ten overall recruiter. So. Well, uh, you know, you brought up John Franklin, and, uh, you know, this is not directly a recruiting question, but what would that what would that do for the two guys that played last year at the quarterback position if Franklin were to, were to win it? What do you expect, what the fans expect would go on? with uh, Jeremy Johnson and, and Sean White, should Franklin be the guy? Well, I think Sean White's the guy that's going to be number one guy going in. I mean, when he was healthy last year, he was pretty good. You know, I, I think the guy's really good. He's really accurate, solid player, gamer, plays hard, plays stuff. But he got hurt a little bit, and so he wasn't able to really kind of get on a roll because an, an injury set him back a little bit. But when he was in, he was pretty good. And the people at Auburn think, you know, they're not a seven-win team if Sean White doesn't get hurt. There may be a nine-win team or, you know, who knows, maybe a ten-win team. Uh, they lost a lot of games by a touchdown. You know, maybe you don't lose those if he's 100%. So, who knows? But that's the, that's the thinking there. So, I suspect he'll go in number one, but I think John Franklin will be given every chance to compete for that starting job. And then they'll have to make a decision, who, you know, after spring ball, you know, who's who's the leader, who's, has somebody wanted, has somebody not wanted. We'll see from there. But it, I can't really – I can't make any prediction. I've never seen John Franklin play in person, I just know that he's a guy that can run. And if a if a running quarterback is what Auburn needs, he he's the guy. Because remember, Nick Marshall, you, uh, you couldn't leave all those DBs back there. You had to bring one in to keep an eye on Nick Marshall's yeah. running ability, and that gave you a lot of one on one matchups down the field. And one thing Auburn has had are big receivers, and they win a lot of mm-hmm. those fifty fifty battles. And that's what they did in twenty thirteen and twenty fourteen. Very few teams uh-huh. nationally threw the ball downfield as effectively as Auburn did. So can they get that back? But, you know, maybe Sean White can be that guy. Maybe because of his pinpoint accuracy, they don't need a running quarterback. But that's all going to be settled in the spring. Actually, yeah, definitely a, battle, the spring. A quarterback, definitely a quarterback yeah. battle that everyone will be looking at. You mentioned impact players. Uh, you know, Derek Brown, that could be an impact player for Auburn. What are the prospects Absolutely. of uh, him showing up in, yeah. uh, in, in Auburn? Yeah, that's a tough one. They've got as good a shot as anybody. I mean, Tennessee's right in it. He's going to visit there this weekend. Georgia's in it. Uh, He just visited there last weekend. The weekend before that, he was at Auburn, and then Alabama's also in it. Uh, Right now, people seem to think Auburn and Tennessee are trending. Uh, But, you know, he isn't allowing a lot of information to get out, and even the college staffs were told through our sources don't quite know – where he's leaning. I, I know, you know, mm-hmm. I do all this stuff with Auburn. I think they feel like they've got as good a shot as anybody, but beyond that, what do they really know? You know, what do they really yeah. know? So it's, it could, it's, that's, you know, look, they probably will find out what everybody else does on, on Wednesday afternoon. Yeah. And that's part of the lovely part of this whole recruiting thing is sometimes you just got to hurry up and wait, as they say. 
Uh, May Craig Myers, Auburn got to be feeling good about that, especially after canceling the trip out to Ole Miss, who's sitting somehow with three five-star commits. He's uh, not going there, apparently. What are the odds yeah. and the chances of him ending up at, at Auburn? I think the chances are going up uh, all every day. When we talked a few weeks ago, I, I think I said that the, we heard that, you know, he was trending toward Auburn. Now he's down to two teams. I mean, he flat out said it on, on Twitter. I'm down to two teams, Auburn and North Carolina. Well, he's closer with Auburn's receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator, Damian Craig, than he is with any coach out there. His brother, uh, four star, uh, uh, three-star cornerback, Javon Myers, is also being recruited by Auburn. So, I mean, you know, if you start reading the tea leaves, Chad, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean I'm not saying he's definitely going there, but it sure seems like it. You know what I mean? It sure seems like he's yeah, been there I, many times. It, you know. If I had to guess, um, that's probably where he's uh, ending up. So, it's, it's yeah. like I said, looking very good for Arbor on this. Well, you know, ben funny. Davis. Uh, ben Davis, you say? Um, well, that one's still all Alabama. I mean, he's going to visit Auburn this weekend. Auburn is his third school, number three school. I suspect he'll probably finish number two. But that's uh, – who cares? If you ain't first, you're last is what everybody says in recruiting. But, look, he's a five-star linebacker from Alabama. But those that don't know, down in your neck of the woods, his dad's the all-time leading tackler for the Crimson Tide, okay? I mean, eh, that's a that's, – you recruit him because you have It'd to. Be a one, right? he's a, yeah, he's a quality young guy. But he, at the end of the day, he's almost certainly going to end up in Tuscaloosa. What are some other targets that Altman really needs to – land here. You talked about offensive line. What's the biggest name there that they need to take care of? Yeah, there's two offensive tackles they're in the running for. They really need to get one of them. I think they'll be okay at tackle this coming season, Chad, but it's the season after that where they'd really be starting from scratch if they don't get somebody in this cycle. I mean, you're talking they'll have to get some Juco guys next year. Uh, but the two tackles to keep it on, EJ Price, 6'5", and about 300 from Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is just outside of Atlanta. He's visiting Georgia this weekend. He visited Auburn last weekend. Maybe a slight edge to Georgia at this time, but it really could go either way. Uh, and then a, a young man named Prince Stamens. He's a, a native of, of Nigeria. He's a six foot eight, two hundred and eighty pound player out of Cincinnati, Ohio. And he's going to visit Auburn officially this weekend. Michigan State may be trending a little bit at this time, but he has been to Auburn before. He likes Auburn's new offensive line coach, Herb Hands. He was a Tigers hired from Penn State. This is Auburn's chance. If Auburn can, can impress him this weekend, they got a shot. But they really need to get one of those two young men in the class. Yeah, well, based on what I'm hearing here, um, this recruiting class cannot be considered a success if they don't land some of these offensive linemen because they seem, you know, sorely needed. That's true. And uh, they're also possibly in the running for graduate transfer. As a matter of fact, he's visiting Florida this weekend. Uh, Tyler Catalina, who uh, started three years at, at Rhode Island. And, Chad, you and I both know that the, the, the big-time players in the FBS or the FCS, the uh, formerly 1AA, those guys, a lot of those guys are good enough to play at Power 5 schools and contribute. Yeah, That would be just, a, and you saw it at Florida last year, but that would be just a quick fix and probably, you know, he would compete for a starting job, but I can't guarantee you that he'd start. But that doesn't solve your problems long-term. That's uh, you right. know what I mean. They they've got to get some young tackles in, or next year they're going to have to sign a lot of them, a lot of them. Now they do have a commitment from 2017 five-star Calvin Ashley. So if you don't get somebody in this class, you probably keep him because he knows he comes in and starts right away. So you know there's some feast and famine going on here, you know. Sure, but I don't trust those one-year-out commits. Never have, 
Never will, man. But I appreciate you coming on tonight and yeah. talking Auburn football with us, man. Um, appreciate it. And I'm hoping to have you on next week on my National Signing Day Eve. I make it sound like Christmas, don't I? National Signing Day Eve show. Yeah, anytime, Chad. I'll probably be uh, like I've pulled every hair string out of my head by then. But, uh, yeah, any, anytime <laughs> you need me. And I'll be down in Florida in a couple of weeks. I'll see you down there, buddy. Cool, man. Looking forward to it. Thanks for coming on. Take, take care, man. All right, that's Keith Niver from 247 Sports. He is uh, an Auburn specialist. So Auburn, again, doing some good things in their recruiting class, but they they need offensive linemen. Um, they could put an ad out in the paper for them. They're, they're just going to need some guys, and they're going to need some high school guys to come in here real quick. All right, from Auburn in the southeast, we're going to head out west to Greg Biggins. But uh, he's a national recruiting analyst, so we're going to have him uh, travel all over the uh, great country today. Greg, how you doing? Chad, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Trying to make sense of it all. Uh, Things are starting to get a little crazy. I expected that they would. I'm still promising that this is going to be the craziest uh, national signing day that we've ever had. And, uh, you know, (laughs) listen, you're going its way out west. Just just to just clue you in on something that's going on down here, they're actually talking about uh, a situation, a bill down here, where it would allow public high school athletes to transfer wherever they want in the state, regardless of where they live. What wow. do you think of that? that that's insane. Out here, we have huge, huge transfer issues already in Southern California. You had to actually move into the district if you want to go from public to public. So mm-hmm. I can imagine what a what a mess that would that would create out there. What are you are you for that or against that? You know, I'm going to have a discussion on it here in the second hour. Where I stand right now is I'm thinking that's probably not a good thing. You know, but maybe I'll get some calls here in the second hour of the show and someone can convince me otherwise. I just think, you know, with everything else that's going on with our young folks, including the ranking of youth football players, I just see <laughs> a whole wide sweeping pile of nonsense that's going to happen here. But, you know, then again, I don't know at all. So yeah. maybe someone can convince yeah. me otherwise. Uh, let's jump into what's going on. Uh, speaking of recruiting in Wild Wild West, let's let's head to the Midwest and making much noise uh, of late is Jim Harbaugh. If it wasn't, you know, sleeping over a recruit's house, it was uh, doing any number of things, and one of those things is dropping a guy this late in the recruiting process. Give us the facts on what has happened here with these two recruits that have been dropped. Let's try and separate some of the facts from the uh, Grizzly, um, you know, the, the the details, if you talk to the to the folks at Ohio State, they're throwing out there making Harbaugh look like the Bush. What, what's really happened? You're just going to throw me right there, just throw me under the bus, asking me about Coach yeah, Harbaugh. Just facts, please. Just facts. <laughs> Honestly? So, yeah. I'm I'm probably hearing it from a little slanted story. I'm hearing it, you know, from some of my Michigan guys. Not not so much the yeah. other side. So, and obviously, it's ugly. There, there's no real nice way about it when when you hear about a kid. You know, one of the stories I heard um, about the first player was that he was actually told, you know, a while ago, and it just now came out. I, again, I don't know if that's true or not. And then, you know, the other situation was the was the one that just came out what a few days ago. So, you know, recruiting is ugly. You know, it, I, I'm not for me. I, I don't know how you if you legislate it and have once you commit to a school to that particular head coach, do they have to take you? I mean, kids do it all the time, and I'm not justifying it at all. I think it's a horrible thing to do, but, you know, 
shoot, we're seeing kids every day decommit from, from schools that they've been committed to for over a year and having this coaches scramble around. So I, I'm not in favor of that either. I'm not saying one of them is, is okay because this happened. I, for me, the, it's one of them is, is they're both wrong. Um, so mm. it's, it's unfortunate. I don't have all the facts. I'm not super comfortable because of the NCAA rules. They're not able to speak on it. It's mostly just the kid's mm-hmm. story. So um, sure. that, I'm kind of I'm kind of going politically correct on it a little bit. I, you know, we kind of talked a yeah, little and, bit or texted no a little bit can, before. You know, listen, mm-hmm. no one no one can fault you for that. Um, just there's a, a lot of stories out there, so to just get you know any opinion from you on it um, is is good for us here. But it's been a big story. Just wanted to hear from you on that. Has Ohio State at all picked up any kind of gusto? We know the fans are all over it. Have they picked up any kind of a leg up on Michigan as a result of some of this negative press that Jim Harbaugh has received? I mean, right now we have them number two and number three, and I don't even know what order. But, I mean, they're both going to have a top five class. So I, I don't really get the sense Ohio State's going to capitalize on some of this negative publicity. I mean, shoot, Khalid Hudson committed today to Michigan. This is a kid I saw – you know, he came out here out west with a separate five hole. I love the way this guy plays. This guy's old school. He's got that little edge to him. He's tough. He plays, you know, he plays a violent game. And I just, I, downhill safety all the way. He kind of just, one of those guys you're not really comfortable to, to play against, you know, mm-hmm. he'll take that extra shot. And then sure. Eddie McDoom is a guy who, who decommitted from Oregon. They were super excited about him. He decommitted. Uh, Oregon kind of had a no trip policy to visit it anyway. He committed to Michigan. So, I'm not really seeing a whole lot of negativity. I, I still think they're going to get Rashawn Gary, who's the best player maybe in the last couple of years. So, uh, mm-hmm. But, again, Ohio State, you know, they're, they're Ohio State. They're going to finish with a top five class. I, I love their class, top to bottom. Big Dwayne Haskins fan. I, I love the D lineman. I love Nick Bosa. I, I love what they're doing. I love the skill. So, it's – I, I think there's room enough for both those two monsters to, to be successful, and I don't really get the sense that because of what happened with Michigan, the negative fallout, I don't sense Ohio right. State's going to get a, a, a tick up. Ohio State's going to get a bump just because they're Ohio State. Sure, and I, I think what a windfall for the Big Ten to have both Urban Meyer and Jim Harbaugh coaching in the conference five years ago. People were saying the Big Ten is down. They were throwing dirt on the Big Ten, and here they are uh, with not only, you know, not only – Winning with on the field, they get these little stories off the field that give them a little boost too. You know, you know what they say about publicity. You know, any publicity is good it's publicity. Good. So these two, yeah, these two schools stay in the news because of the battles between those two. Uh, turning to Ohio State a little bit, uh, it seemed that Sam Bruce was flirting with Ohio State and certainly had folks in this area believing that he was going to end up there, and then he uh, crushed all of that yesterday by re committing is there's such a word. I'm coming up with new words now that I'm in the recruiting world. Decommit, recommit. Um he recommitted to Miami. What do you think happened there with Ohio State? Was that real? Did something happen there or was this just a, a young guy having fun? I mean I, I think it was a young guy having fun. And, and I, again I, I haven't heard otherwise to, to tell me that maybe he was seriously looking at flipping to Ohio State and then something happened last minute. But uh, you know number one I, what is going on with recruiting when you do have so many committed players kind of making a public announcement to commit to the same school? We had a lot out here, so I'm not picking on Sam at all. It's just it, football is so much different than basketball where, man, uh, once you commit, that's like where it starts. That's not usually that's the finish line. But out here with football, you commit to a school, now all of a sudden recruiting starts for that kid. Now all of a sudden the trips start after he commits to other schools. So 
I'm again. I'm. I guess I'm old school. Maybe I've been doing this too long, but I'm just. I just. I would love to see it get to the point where a kid commits, shuts it down, and that's it. No more trips. No more flirting with other schools. You're engaged. Stop dating. Uh, again, I probably aged myself about <laughs> ten years by those Man. comments. Yeah, you're uh, you're 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 in a fantasy land, but I'm old school like you. It'd be nice if that happened, but um, we're going we're going fast in the other direction. So you know, it's yeah, we, is absolutely, absolutely. holding press conferences to reconfirm. How about that one? To reconfirm. Uh, I mean, just, Sam can play though. Yeah. Sam can play, and we we talked about it before. I, I love for Miami to be good. For, for me, football is better if Miami is nationally relevant. So I'm I'm kind of glad he's stuck with the game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Something that everyone wants to see. And you're getting. Miami playing Notre Dame this year. Um, USC, out in your neck of the woods, 20th ranked uh, class in the country, depending on, you know, what recruiting outfits, rankings you're looking at. Certainly not where USC has been. Should fans be a little worried about that? Uh, you know, maybe a little bit. And we actually have them on scout like 25th or something. So that's even lower. You know, now they always seem to close well. The kind of the running joke with USC was their purpose. They purposely tell guys to wait until signing day so they can have that big mm-hmm. signing day splash. You know, the rumor was, you know, Florida State used to do that too. That was the, that was the rumor. So, you know, they're still involved with some, some serious kids. Jack Jones, uh, I know we'll talk about him. I, I still believe USC's the team to beat there. And I think Jack's a pretty special talent. They're, they're still trying with Devin Asiasi, the monster tight end from De La Salle. They have him coming up on campus this weekend. But, God, you know what? When I look at their, their class and who they're still kind of in the running for, Connor Murphy from Arizona, he was one of, one of the guys that Harbaugh slept, slept over at his house. Um, talking about uh, Boss Tagaloa, another De La Salle guy who will visit this weekend. USC's not really leading for any of them. So, Right now, 25th, to see them bump up into their customary top 10, top 15, they're going to have to see a, They're going to have to pull off a couple surprises, which normally you could sit there and say, okay, they lead for these five guys. Right now, Jack Jones is really the only guy I feel there. I could, I could, I could comfortably say, yeah, I think he's going there. Yeah, um, it's, it's just weird to see uh, USC down there in, in – you know, and really outside of the top ten, to be honest with you, if you look over the last few years, but uh, down there in twenty twenty five, where you guys have them, I think uh, two four seven has them at nineteen. There, there, uh, it's just weird to see them down there. So I don't know if anyone's hit the panic button out there, but you know, you can still eat uh, pretty good off of the last couple of years that they've had. Oh yeah, but if they talent, start talent will not be this. Yeah, talent won't be an issue. Yeah, talent won't be an issue yeah, at all. Maybe, maybe some depth. There's no recovery from those fifteen scholarships three years in a row, so depth is still an issue, but in terms of having some guys, uh, they still got a lot of talent for sure. Yeah, yeah, so um, let's be interesting to see if that close can give them a, a nice bump. Uh, we talked about him, Jack Jones. Greg, man, what are we waiting on with Jack? What What's the deal? I mean, he's he's one of about five guys that are, that are doing the whole ESPN signing day deal, so even though I, I feel pretty good <laughs> You know that I think he has a good idea what he's going to do. I, I think he's also doing the ever popular Bleacher Report videos now that are kind of the rave. So yeah, uh, Bama's trying. Bama's making a pretty big push on them. Texas A&M has always been around. UCLA was there. I think they've kind of thrown the talent and understand that he's probably going to not come there. So three team race, Bama A&M. I, I still think he'll be, you know, staying local and. He'll be the third straight Long Beach Poly five-star kid. B.G. Marshall last year, Juju Smith the year before. 
third straight poly kid to go to USC. That that's my prediction as of right now. There you go, setting up the pipelines. All right, last guy I want to talk about is Miko Juarez. I think we've talked about him every week, and hey, that's his fault for a for being good and b for not picking a uh, you know school yet. So what's what's the latest on him? Some things are kind of changing there. Yeah, I mean, another signing day, signing day decision. And, you know, these, these kids want to have their fun, right? They want to wait. And what, what, it's not, it's not as fun to tweet out a commitment as it is and do it that way. So, he's taking a visit to BYU this weekend. He's, he's an LDS kid, and uh, so that's, you know, the whole family's going up there. I, I don't really think BYU is, is really in the running. Uh, he took an unofficial visit to UCLA today, and that was pretty big because he was going to visit UCLA officially this weekend before he got bumped to go ahead and take that BYU visit. So. UCLA getting them on campus today was big. Uh, Bama, they're making a run. You know, Nick Saban was, was in the home on Monday. That's kind of like, I don't know what that's like. Bear Bryant coming into your home. No pun intended. Uh-huh. He's in the same, high, same college, but that's like royalty coming into your home. So, he loved the visit there. Ole Miss is still heavily involved, and they've done a great job recruiting him. Saying all that, I, I still think it's going to be a mild surprise if he leaves Southern California. I still think UCLA is, is in a pretty good spot. And like I said, we'll find out on Sunday. He'll be one of those ESPN guys. So we'll, we'll wait a couple more days and see what happens next week. Yep. Uh, it, Christmas next Wednesday for all the college football recruiting fans. And um, just good to have someone, you know, kind of figure out what Santa Claus is going to do there. So you would be you would be that guy, and I'm uh, looking forward to talking to you next week. That's going to be a load of fun. Appreciate you coming on. Sounds good. Anytime, Chad. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks a lot. That's Greg Biggins from Scout.com, National Recruiting Analyst. Talking uh, not only USC and West Coast recruiting, but also touching on Michigan and Ohio State. Really didn't want too much to do with that Michigan issue. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm uh, suspecting most folks don't. Perhaps a little afraid of having uh, Jim Harbaugh show up at your door. I mean, he will spend the night at your house. But nevertheless, hey, I feel I feel good um, about what Michigan and Ohio State are doing there in the Big Ten. I, I thought the Big Ten needed to get back into the thick of things here. So um, good to see that we at least got that going on. All the other shenanigans in recruiting is will be better left for another show. All right. Uh, good to have this next guy on. He's going to talk the state of Florida with us, and we're going to touch a couple of recruits. It's Corey Bender from scout.com. Corey, how you doing, man? Good, Chip. How you doing, man? Man, I'm, uh, like I said, trying to trying to make sense of it all, and that's what the recruiting roundtable is about. But who can make sense out of the insensible? We have recommitment, recommitment, press conferences, and so on. So, and we're talking about Sam Bruce, man. Tell me what happened here. I just, I don't know if you're listening, but I brought it up with Greg, where it seemed, it seemed that Sam was flirting a little bit with Ohio State, and that could have, uh, could become a distinct possibility that he could end up in Columbus. But at the end of the day, Sam recommits to Miami. What, what do you say happened there? I think all along his heart's always been in Miami, and uh, like like you said, he never wavered his commitment, especially after Coach Kevin Beer was let go, and um, you know, and Coach Golden was let go as well. But um, you know, from people I talked to, like he wanted, I've heard that he actually wanted to go to Ohio State at one point as soon as you know, like a week and a half, two weeks ago. I know Urban came to his home, and um, you know, like they said, they had a really good in-home visit and everything. But the main thing on the Ohio State side, from people I spoke to, was they just didn't have enough room right now in the recurring class, and you know, it was signed a week away, and um, like I said, there was not much time left. I think Sam just took the like, – his heart's always been Miami. And I think – you never know with him. Like I say, he's a guy that's really kept things close to Vets. He doesn't really – he does a good job not really revealing his hand and kind of hinting one way. But um, for people I spoke to that he actually wanted to go to Ohio State, 
Um, who knows if that actually was true or not in the end. But, um, you know, as far as the Buckeyes concerned, I know, you know, the main thing, they just didn't have room in their class. And I know it's Sam. He's been the prize commit in, uh, you know, Miami's 2016 recruiting class. And um, like I said, he's always been about staying home. And um, it, it was a tough decision. I know with him, I know it got stressful towards the end. I know South Carolina, they are mentioning his recruitment as well. But um, home is home. Like I said, I mean, that's where his heart's been. And uh, he basically, like, like I said, he wanted to stay home and kind of play in front of his family, his friends. And uh, like I said, he never wavered that commitment. And I, so, I think that says a lot with him. And um, it was, I thought it was kind of interesting, too. He went on Twitter and he put out a, a kind of a funny caption picture with him, people thinking that he actually wasn't going to leave Miami all along. And um, he kind of was tricking people. But um, we'll see. Like I said, I know uh, from the people I spoke to, I know just Ohio State didn't have room in that recurring class, and that was a big holdup as far as him going there. But either way, that's all in the past. And it's just Sam Bruce is staying home and playing for the U. Sure. And that has uh, made a lot of uh, the fan base happy feeling like um, that – you know, things he was the guy in this recruiting class and so uh, if you're Miami fans you got you got your guy. But here's another one coming up late. Many feel Tyler Burke is the uh, most talented recruit that could possibly end up in this class. He seemed to be a guy headed to Miami and uh, all of a sudden now he could end up in Tennessee. And that's via Larry Scott, who's now at Tennessee. There, you know, a little bit of drama there. What can you tell us about that situation? Yeah, I know. Obviously, his close friend, I'm currently in Philly's aim. I know he's a running back that's been committed to Tennessee and almost considers him like a brother. That's how close they are. And um, like I said, with Tyler, um, like I said, he's taking this last-minute trip to Tennessee. Um, like I said, he said he doesn't really know what to expect up on this trip. He's just Because he's a guy he's been so about Miami. I mean, people have seen him on Twitter. I mean, of all the kids in that recruiting class, he's one of the guys that really represent the University of Miami probably more than anyone. Um, so, of all the kids, I was actually kind of surprised towards the end when the news kind of came out that he was going to kind of um, take that visit to Tennessee. And um, right now, I, I almost consider it a coin flip. Um, like I said, anything, anything can happen a week from signing day, especially when you go up on a visit. Um, he's a kid really hasn't seen many other schools. Um, so, you, like I said, that, that's kind of a wow factor for most kids. They really haven't seen much outside of Miami. And there could be something on that visit that really catches their attention. They say, wow, God, this is something I've never seen before. So, with him – He's a guy, like you said, I mean, it's almost a coin flip with Todd right now. I know Miami fans are really crossing their fingers and um, hoping he stays back. And he's a guy that really blew up, um, especially when he hit the national stage for that Army game. I know he really impressed and really had a chance to hit the national scene and really show people outside of Florida what he can really do. And right now I know he's a four-star. He's a guy that got really bumped up in our rankings recently. But um, with Miami fans, like I said, it's one of those things you just got to cross your fingers and hopefully he doesn't get swayed too much in the visit. Hopefully <laughs> – you know, not, hopefully a lot of stuff doesn't catch his attention up there. But um, like I said, he has one of his close friends, obviously, right in his ear, really wants him to follow him to Tennessee. Um, but like I said, that's a guy that's really been all about Miami. It's going to take a lot um, to really take him away from Miami because that's another kid that just loves Miami. It's not, not only as a football program, uh, but at the university. He's been committed for so long. And um, like I said, he's one of the guys, I think, with a nice high ceiling, good size in the secondary. And um, hopefully Miami fans can hold on. But right now I think it's a coin flip. Uh, Amir Rasul is a, a guy that has been committed to Florida State for quite some time, but now it seems some other schools are starting to slide in there on him. Do you think he ultimately ends up at Florida State, or what do you what do you think ends up happening with running back Amir Rasul? I think the best thing for Amir Rasul, especially for Florida State's point, is they're going to be the last school to get the shot at him. I mean, they're they're going to have him on campus right now uh, this upcoming weekend, and. He, uh, like I said, he had a great time at Alabama. They showed him everything. He saw everything he needed to see up there. Um, like I said, he loved, what, obviously, what they can 
provide him as a football program and what he can, um, as far as how he can develop as a football player. But what really impressed him in Alabama is just the whole academic side of things and how they can really um, further him as far as just him as a, just him overall as a student. Um, but overall, mm-hmm. I think with North Carolina and Alabama made things interesting. I think Alabama is the one school. If he was to flip, that would be the school. But with all said and done, I don't see him uh, wavering his commitment to Florida State. He's a guy that's been real loyal to Florida State. He loves the coaching staff, loves what they can provide him, obviously, as a student athlete up there in Tallahassee. Um, like I said, North Carolina, they made an impression on him. I know Alabama made a big impression on him. Uh, but from Florida State, the good thing for them is they'll get the final shot with him uh, this weekend for an official visit. I think if they would have got him on campus maybe you know, the 15th or maybe in the last weekend, I think that would have been a little bit different. If maybe Alabama got that final visit, it kind of makes you think a little bit more. Uh, but I think the best thing for them is Florida State gets the final shot with him. And I think he honors his commitment there. I know Miami has kind of took a hard look at him. I know they actually would love to add him to the recruiting class. Uh, but overall, I think he stays with Florida State. All right. Well, listen, uh, one last thing I wanted to talk to you about is uh, he is, was at Booker T, went to Miami, came back to Booker T, went to Miami. Now coming back to Booker T, once again, for the third time, it's Ice Harris. Um, Corey, if you could kind of dig inside his mind or if you've actually heard anything, what do you think Ice Harris's attitude towards the University of Miami will be after, for the second time, um, leaving the school and, and now going back to the high school ranks? Is that going to be a good thing for Miami, you think, or is there, you know, or possibly a bad thing? I know, obviously, with Booker T, it's one of the most prestigious schools, obviously, in South Florida. So I know, obviously, for as far as Miami, they always want to have that good connection there. They want to be in good gracious with that school. And um, I think, overall, it's definitely something to kind of take note. It's just kind of, he said, it's the second time it's kind of happened. He's went back. And um, with overall, but I think, overall, when it's, when it's all said and done, it's about the kids. And I think they'll put those kind of personal feelings aside. And um, when it's all said and done, it's about the kids and trying to get them to the next level and furthering them as student athletes. So, um, I think with them, I think it's definitely kind of something to take note of. It is very interesting, and I'm kind of interested just the next couple of years going forward to see how everything gels um, between both parties. But, um, but I think overall, it's about the kids, and I think obviously you have to put those personal feelings to the side. And, um, and just kind of like I said, it's all about the kids and just taking them to the next level and developing them, them as far as just student athletes overall. Yeah, I don't know that there's ever been uh, a situation like this before where you've had this happen not only once, but twice. So um be interesting to see how that develops. You know, if there's one thing that Ice Harris is, and that is professional. So um, I'm kind of with you. It's all about the kids, and, you know, I would expect him to do so. But you know the fans will definitely have their eyes on it. And when guys, uh, should guys from Booker T somehow not start ending up in Miami, you can expect that to be one of the things thrown out there. Like you said, Chip, you said perfectly, he's a professional guy. And like I said, maybe, it was, maybe it's a guy that I don't really know much about. Maybe it's a different story. But uh, being the guy that ice is, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. Um, like you said, he's a professional yeah. guy. Yeah, definitely, definitely a professional. Well, Corey, man, I appreciate you coming on and talking state of Florida recruiting here. You know, uh, we've got a bill that's coming up here soon. And, <laughs> oh, man, it's uh, you can you can transfer wherever you want. Regardless of where you live, man, strap up for that one. I don't know what your job is going to be like um, if that gets passed, just trying to really get the high school name right for your recruit staff. You know, you know, the funny thing, a lot of out-of-state people have been asking me, like, man, good luck covering all these recruits. I know it's going to be hectic, and it's going to be crazier than it was, but 
it almost feels like since I've, I've only been in Florida for four years now, but it seems like since I've been down here, there is so much transferring down here. It feels like that it's probably mm-hmm. going to be adjustment, just a lot more, a lot more kids doing it. But it almost feels like there's been so much transferring since I've been down here. But it's just like you said, just multiply that time, probably times four, and we'll see how that happens. We'll see how how everything ends up. Yeah, keep your head on a swivel, man. Well, Corey, thanks for joining us here on the Gridiron Stud Show, man. Looking forward to talking to you next week. All right, thanks, yeah. I appreciate you. All right, Corey Bender from scout.com, uh, talking University of Miami recruiting and uh, local recruits down here. Staying on that theme is our guy from Rivals, Rob Cassidy. Rob, how you doing? Chad, how are you, man? Doing good, man. Do you perhaps want to do any transferring? I mean, you, you might as well. Everyone else is going to be transferring. <laughs> if this, if no, this bill gets I've, I've done enough transferring in my life, man. I went from New York to Kansas to Phoenix to Dallas to Miami. I'm, I'm pretty good right here. <laughs> I'll probably yeah, hang I, out where I'm at. Yeah, I've been sitting here trying to think of all the possibilities, and maybe my mind is racing a little too fast. But uh, it's certainly going to be, like I said to Corey, it's certainly going to be fun for you guys just to uh, keep updating high school names. Uh, for some of these recruits, you know, I feel like I've done about it anyway. I mean, pencil. is it getting? I mean, can it get that much worse? I mean, I guess it probably can. <laughs> but, well, it's but bad it's, now. I mean, it's not like it's not, not happening anyway. Rest of the country. But um, yeah. man, you you tell someone no speed limit on I seventy five, you will get some one twenties. There's no doubt. So I think that's what we're looking at. No doubt, um, no doubt about it, man. I can't wait for the uh, four year players at four different schools. I mean, that's kind of happening anyway too, though. So. Well, we've had some of those. It's just it might be a more frequent occurrence. Okay, let's talk about yeah. uh, University of Miami real quick. They're trying to close hard here in Mark Rick's first um, term here as the at the University of Miami. One guy that could really help them with that is Shaheem Carter. Do they have a legit shot at this athlete? I mean, a freakish athlete, a lot of speed. Um, he'd look good in some in some Canes colors. You know, I think they do. Um, I don't know that they're considered the favorite. I'm not really sure. I think that maybe they've got a better shot than some people are giving them. I don't, I don't expect it to happen by any stretch of the imagination, but I wouldn't completely rule that out. Yeah, you know, Ole Miss is getting the all-important final visit, um, and Ole Miss has done a good job of securing top recruits in the country um, over the over the last couple of years. So, you know, that ought to make some fans nervous if you were looking for that. And, and you yeah, know, if there's they've a got a lot back. going on right now there. Yeah, man, Ole Ole Miss is where it's at. Who knew? Ole Miss is where it's at. So, <laughs> you know, they seem, they seem to go in cycles with them, right? I mean, they've got Jeffrey Simmons coming in for the last visit, the five-star out of Mississippi, and they get a chance to really close strong, I think. Yeah, they're very good at what they do. You know, Shaheem visited Miami, in, uh, you know, on January 15th. From from what you've heard, how did his visit go here? You know, when you talk to kids and you ask them that, the answer is always the same. Always I mean, nobody's good. gonna say, "Hey," you know. Nobody's gonna say, "Hey, that visit really stunk." <laughs> but you know, from, right. from what I understand, from talking to him and people around him, you know, everything went pretty well. I think he came away thinking, "All right, this is." A, I don't think he came away saying, "All right, that's my home." I think he came away thinking, "This is definitely a possibility for me. Let me see what else is mm-hmm. out there." I think it's really gonna depend on how it goes with Ole Miss. Um, if everything right. goes well out there, and I could see him landing there. If something goes wrong on that trip, then maybe Miami's the pick. Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. And, you know, of course, you know, one way or another, you'll be told that the visit went well, but, you know, you yeah, kind of want to read yeah. behind you, you that. You kind of read between those lines a little you know. bit sometimes. 
Yeah, let's talk about Cedric Wright, a guy who's been committed for quite some time, so you're not getting much news on him, but he did want to come out on Twitter today and um, reaffirm. Is that's, that's been the word we've had to come up with and, and conjure up <laughs> over the last couple of weeks, a new recruiting term called reaffirm. Reaffirm today, what do you see said in, in, in this class? What's he going to be able to do for Miami? It's been a blessing for him, actually. That um, you know they've changed the coaching staff because this new coaching staff, from what I understand, may may want to run a four-two-five, and he'd be that all-important nickelback. What do you, what do you see for him in this class? You know, he's one of those guys that when you watch him at Dover, you watch him on the high school level, that does so many different things for his team. It makes you think, all right, this is a guy that can really work in the nickel because he's got that athleticism, he's got that versatility. Uh, he can do a little bit of everything, and that is, like you said, that's probably the best spot for him. And if they're going to put him there, I think he can shine there. I'm not sure that he's a guy that's ready to day one start. I'm not sure they're going to need him to do that anyway. Uh, day mm-hmm. one, play that nickel. But you give him an offseason, he's got to put on a little bit more muscle, I think. Uh, he liked to thicken up. And then, you know, maybe by the time he's a redshirt freshman, he's ready to slide in there and really contribute some uh, important reps for that team. Yeah, well, knowing Cedric, he's going to um, put some pressure on the coaching staff with his instincts, Absolutely. Um, you know, so you may want to, you may try overlooking whatever he's lacking in stature because he's just kind of going to know where the ball is. He's going to be around the ball and he's going to make plays and practice. And, you know, he's going to be a topic of discussion in the coaches meetings and he's going to put that kind of pressure on him. So um, between him and Jaquan Johnson, he's probably, those are probably two of the smarter, most instinctive uh, defensive backs we've, we've ever had on South Florida Express. I want to go back to something that you said about the reaffirming thing that's kind of going on. I'd like to talk about that a little bit, actually. That's by all I, means. I don't I open that door. Yeah, I don't necessarily. It. I don't necessarily pin this on guys like Cedric and Bruce or whatever. I mean, you do what you want to do. They're kids. They deserve their moment in the spotlight. You know whose fault it is? It's guys like me. If if we hmm. didn't like cover it and write about, you know, this committed to a school, you've already can treat it as news. This would not be happening. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no doubt. I mean, I'll we it all on you guys. I mean, Let's run with that. <laughs> no, that's true. It's absolutely. I mean, I didn't cover the Bruce thing. I texted Sam when Sam said he was going to do this. I texted him and said, "Look, if you flip your commitment, I will call you and write something. If you do not, this mm-hmm. is the last you will hear from me. Congratulations on my app. I'm just not going to pay attention to that stuff. I have too much other stuff to do than to be covering reaffirmed commitments. I, I just cannot bring myself to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I would think most would do. But you know what? When you've got a, a recruit like that that's a top guy in the country, you know, turns into everything that he does is news. And these guys have been savvy enough over the last few years to pick up on that. So when things Absolutely. are getting slow and their mentions are getting low, they know how to prop them back up. If anything, this this class um, or this, you know, generation, the social media generation knows how to play that game. And they're doing it just very well. They're also very good at naming leaders that don't exist. Like, there are some guys in Alabama that will just be like, oh, yeah, and Florida is my leader. And everybody in the room knows that that is not true. That kid is not going to Florida. Mac Wilson is not going to Florida. (laughs) But he just says it, and people write it as gospel, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, media savvy, man. You better be it in this day and age. You know, those those guys are playing that. Do you think, though, as Corey said, that he was, you know, ever – he ever really was a legit shot at going to Ohio State? I think if there you wasn't that, it was... That's why he's not there? 
you know, it's really easy for coaches to say that, for Ohio State coaches to say that. Uh, I've heard that a lot from coaches when they don't get a kid. Oh, well, you know, we didn't have room for him. I don't know that that's the case here. I think there was definitely some, I mean, there was definitely some kind of thought given to it by Sam. I don't know how long ago that was. I don't think that he was actually thinking about going to Ohio State last week, if that's what we're (laughs) we're debating. When he posted that edit that blew up Twitter, I don't think that he was actually considering going to Ohio State at that point. I I don't. I think he just did that to do that. You think he was fully Miami at that point, and it was much ado about nothing? Absolutely. Yeah, well, um, two different sides of the story there. He certainly had the fan base going well. I mean, if he ever wanted well, to just... He's a smart kid. I mean, he knows we, everything Sam Bruce does is so very calculated. He is really in tune to the way this game works, and he's very good at playing it. Yeah, uh, most most definitely. So, um, you know, hopefully there's nothing crazy on signing. I mean, you can't commit and then reaffirm and then pull something crazy at the end, can you? <laughs> I mean, you could. <laughs> No law. I don't think that will happen. Yeah, that would be that'd be just too crazy. Maybe we're three years away, perhaps, from something like <laughs> yeah. that happening. Um, what's the what's what's left then? Are what what do you think? Is Tyler Bird the biggest get left for Miami in this class? Can they call it a day? Can they feel good about what they've done if if that's a guy that they land, or do they need something more than that? I think that they can call it good considering the coaching change. Uh, and where this staff was when they took over and where the program's been for the last couple of years. I mean, this is obviously not the level they want to recruit at going forward, but I think when you consider the circumstances, if they can get Bird in the fold and not let Tennessee steal him, which I'm not convinced is not going to happen, um, they can feel pretty good about it, I think. But, you know, I think there's a better than average chance that Tyler Bird may end up at Tennessee. We'll, we'll see. I mean, I think that's a real threat, though, for sure. I mean, it's not a done deal, but I don't think that this is smoke. I think there's something to this. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, certainly, there certainly seems to be enough noise, which brings up a, a certain point here. You know, um, and this happens when you have coaching changes, but Miami's got a number of coaches that were not retained that are, you know, out there now. Um, you know, James Coley being one at Georgia, and now you got Scott over there at Tennessee. Um, how much of a problem is that for, for Miami that you've got ex-coaches that are out, you know, two of them in the SEC, so you're kind of going to be fighting over the, the same players. How much of a problem is that for Miami going forward? It's a problem when they're not winning. If they can start right. rattling off nine, ten wins, when you're it's out. not a problem for anybody. <laughs> it's a real problem if this program can stays the same, uh, you know, on the same plane that it's at right now. Uh, but if this team starts mm-hmm. winning, Miami's going to be the draw it always was. I mean, all you got to do is start putting up 10-win seasons, and all of a sudden everybody in South Florida wants to stay in South Florida, no matter who they've got at Georgia. or right. That that becomes obsolete. Right. Interesting how everything gets smoothed over when, uh, you know, you yeah. start winning. Well, last thing, uh, the talk is that, you know, Miami's going to go to a pro-style attack, which has been stable for Mark Rick, especially when you look at him in Georgia. Um, so that means there's going to be a fullback involved in the offense. And folks, remember what that is? It's a fullback. It's a guy that lines up right <laughs> behind the quarterback in front of the tailback. Yeah. So what's Miami doing in that arena recruiting-wise? You know, I haven't seen anything unless they're going to move somebody already on the roster into that spot. There are some pretty decent well, I think fullbacks. Well, have to. Yeah, I mean, obviously. I, I mean, there are some pretty decent fullbacks out there right now. It's a little bit late to jump in with any of them. I, I think the best fullback in the country this year might be Bailey McElwain, who's committed to Stanford. 
uh, and is, I think is just going to shine in that, in that offense. But, you know, they're few and far, far between these days. Nobody wants to play that position in high school because the scholarships are so limited, you know? So even when you are right. a fullback, you're standing on the table screaming, no, nah, I'm not a fullback. <laughs> sure. uh, you don't want to get labeled that. Yeah, I mean, if they can get the right guys in there and make that thing sexy again, you know what I mean? Uh, maybe we bring back the duck face mask. Maybe a guy who keeps a bloody nose and everyone – you know, uh, talks about it. Maybe you can, you know, the fullback can become more caché now in the game of football instead of all of the slot receivers running around. God bless him on that. Yeah, you know, it, just, you know, everything's cyclical, Chad. You know this as well as anybody. Ten years from now, it'll be all fullbacks. <laughs> but you yeah. know, it, it moves in cycles. Sure. If the defenses keep getting smaller and faster, there'll have to be some way to counteract that, and then now everyone's going to start getting big. So there you go. There you have it. All right, man. Well, listen, I appreciate you having on. Big show next week, Rob. So hopefully I've got you on here with me. It's the Signing Day Eve show where we talk about what's going to be um, in the gifts that are unwrapped the next day. How about that? I will be in Atlanta, but I will be available. Yes, we'll, we will find you wherever you are. That's for sure. All right, All right but I appreciate you coming oh, yeah, on today, Rob. That was a good chat. Yeah, Rob. thanks a lot. All right, that's Rob Cassidy from Rivals.com. Uh, I need to take a break. I've been going at this thing here, 45 minutes straight plus. I think it's been an hour straight. Going to take a quick break. When I get back, we try to tackle this transfer rule here in Florida. Is this going to be mayhem? Is it going to be bedlam? Uh, Is everyone going to be running around in the streets, or is this just uh, we're making too big a deal out of this thing? We'll talk about that and more when we get back on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoffs. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over 600000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! O-M-G. Look at all of this paperwork. Are you a business owner and you're buried under a mountain of paperwork? You need an MVP on your team. And that MVP is MVP Business Concierge Services. They know that sometimes paperwork can get in between you and your customers. Why not spend the time doing what it is you do best? Getting new customers handling the ones that you have now, and while you're doing that, you can have an MVP working for you. We know that tax season is the busiest time of the year for business owners, 
No more missing deadlines and getting IRS penalties for late filing. MVP Business Concierge Services will do all the hard work for you. They will streamline your payroll, streamline your finances, and have you on track. With trustworthy advisors that are very reliable, they will take the hard work away from you and get you back into what it is you're doing best. How do you get this MVP on your team? You call right now, 844-696-8722, 844-MY-MVP-CC, or send an email to info at mymvp.cc and get an MVP on your team today. things up with uh, the round table of reporters and uh, talking about where these kids are going, where they might go, all that good stuff. Um, and that's for college football. But we may end up with that same situation here. We may be having to have a recruiting round table show for high school football here in the state of Florida, as it seems uh, we may have a rule passed here in the state of Florida where it would allow high school football athletes or high school athletes in general, high school students in general, a transfer to whatever school they want, irregardless of where they live. And there are other stipulations to this bill. But uh, that being the biggest eye catcher, um, along with some other things. But let's just stay on that topic. You know, there was a time where, you know, if you lived in a town, you went to the high school in that town. Well, that's changed down here in South Florida. So to a certain degree, what this bill is allowing is already happening. And there are some who support this bill and say that it's about time that we put the choice uh, into the hands of the parents and the players or the high school athletes, allowing them to go wherever they want to go. And on the surface, it may seem like, you know, a really, really good idea. You know, put the choice back. You know, people always want choices. That's what we want in life as human beings. We want to have control over as much as we can in life, and uh, this would certainly allow that. But sometimes being able to have a choice is not always what's best, you know. And maybe this is an analogy that might upset some people, but I think about some of the choices your kids would make if you allowed them to eat whatever they wanted for breakfast, pizza, cupcakes, things like that. Not a really good thing for their future and for their health. And while I don't want to describe adults as you know, kids, there are kids involved in this. Young athletes, anywhere from age 14 to 17 to 18, making that kind of a decision and having that available to them could be a very dangerous thing. And uh, the masses out there agree with me, not that that has ever mattered to me, but just, you know, I was running a poll right now on Twitter. And if you want to get in on the poll, there's still time left. And so you could follow me, first of all, at, at Gridiron Studs and also check out my timeline. The poll is there. The new state of Florida high school transfer bill with no restrictions due to where you live. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? 86 votes, 69% of you out there think this is a bad thing. And uh, I think you're probably thinking along the lines that I am, that this is going to be the wild, wild west. You're just going to have people going wherever. And who knows exactly what 
the tactics are that are going to be used to get kids to come to schools. And could we see football programs get completely wiped out? There's some there that say, hey, you know, I don't care about that. I mean, if a coach is not that good, why hold a kid hostage? Well, you know, sometimes you'll have a bad year. Sometimes you've got a brand new coach in a position there that's trying to build something, and so he might make some mistakes. Does that mean he deserves to lose every kid that can actually play on his roster? I mean, it's just really become all about – this just looks like something that becomes all about self. And there's no more sense of pride within a community. And this could be a problem. And, you know, some of you will come to me and probably say, well, you know, your kids didn't attend their local high school. No, they did not. They did. They attended private school. This was something I'd always planned, uh, even before I knew my kids were going to be big-time athletes. Just had always made that decision to have them in a private school setting. You know, I didn't go to private school my entire life, but did go to private school early on in my life. And it kind of set the course for me. And, uh, you know, I don't want to say probably, definitely was a good thing. Um, has led me to making the decision maker that I am now, which is um, a fairly good one. Not perfect. No one is. But that was the idea. So from day one, kids were in private school. That's for starters. So, you know, I know you might want to throw me into that argument, but that was the whole idea that uh, our family had. But when you start talking about public schools and kids moving wherever, what kind of pressure are high school football coaches going to be under? And is it now going to be worth it? I mean, high school coaches down in the state of Florida already don't really get paid much to do their job. And now when your job becomes, I mean, because recruiting is definitely going to have to be part of your job, or you're going to you know, lose kids, not, you're going to be out there with not a whole lot of talent, you're going to get abused on Friday night, and it's going to be very difficult for you to keep your job. You know, the athletic directors want to go out and get someone who can recruit. So that's, you know, going to be interesting to see there. Are you going to pay these coaches more now? Now recruiting has to become a part of this thing. And so what are you paying? What are you paying for that? You're going to put a little extra in the paycheck for that? Because recruiting is going to definitely become a part of your job. And for those who are already doing it, they would say, hey, no sweat. But for the coaches who just pretty much um, are into developing the talent that they have there, and by that, I mean, you get, you know, you're in a place where you can get some pretty decent talent, something to work with. Um, now your job is going to turn into recruiting. And if you're a guy that's been a high school football coach for 15, 20 years, 25 years, um, that's, that's a new part of the job that you may not really enjoy or get into. So are we going to start seeing some of your uh, older coaches kind of moving out of this thing? What does that do? We already struggle, I believe, here with attendance in the state of Florida. And when you've got no local interest in a team, you know, when your players are all coming from a different area, what's that going to do to attendance to high school football games? I mean, if you're not one of these top teams, and I think what's going to end up happening here, um, because there are some models to suggest this, you're going to get all of the talent concentrated into only a certain, a very small number of schools. So instead of having 10 to 12 competitive teams 
in your county, Dade, or in your county, Broward, or in your county, you know, Palm Beach, we're now going to be looking at three to four schools that are going to be your powers competitive, worth going to look at on a Friday night. So what's that mean for the rest of the teams in the county? It's kind of gravitating to that, but we're kind of green lighting it in this state to just let that, you know, let that happen. And where there might have been some pause and some hesitation before in making a move, there'll be no such hesitation. Any other pressure for a coach who, you know, on top of having to recruit to get players to your team, and how do you have to treat the players that are currently on your team? Can you coach a kid? Can you coach a kid hard? Or does he get all offended, have a hissy fit, and then he bounces on you? So are you actually going to be able to do the actual job of coaching now? Or will you, you know, be hesitant over fear that if you talk a little too harshly to a kid or if you try to bring reality, you know, too harsh to a kid, he's going to take off. He's going to bounce on you. It's kind of like when I went back to finish my degree at the University of Miami, I was shocked to see this. At the end of the semester, um, the students were being asked almost, I think it was mandatory, to give an evaluation of the professor. And the professor's renewal of contract uh, had something to do with those Evaluations handed in by the student. That's the craziest thing I've ever heard of in my life. So now if you're the professor and, you know, you're being paid well, you're at a private school, you worked your way up to a professor at a private school, it's a handsome living, you want to keep that job. Ultimately, that is your goal is to keep the job. I mean, you may have some philosophical ideas about, you know, what you need to teach and how you need to get your point across to young America so that they can come out and be the future leaders. But you're going to have to put that aside when you consider that if I'm a, a little bit too harsh, if I grade a little too hard, if I'm a little too stringent on the student, then I'm going to get a poor evaluation. I get enough of those. I'll be asked not to come back. And why is this being done? Because, yeah, these students are the ones paying the tuition. They're the ones bringing money to the school. So that's really who we're loyal to. Without going too far into that, that seems like this could be the same kind of situation when we start talking about letting kids transfer to anywhere. Freedom is a good thing. It's not always a great thing. And so now, what do you do as a coach if you run too many gassers, if you get too tired, too harsh on a kid? If you got in the eyes of an athlete and its parent, that you have too many rules, kid's going to leave. He can leave. There's nothing to stop him. He can go over to another county. He can go three cities over. As long as he's got transportation, he's good to go. If you've got a kid there that's a good high school football player that may not necessarily be a big-time college athlete, college prospect, but he thinks he is, What's going to happen when he doesn't get the offers he feels he's due? We 
when the kid thinks he should be getting offers from Miami and Florida State, and he's not, he's getting offers from FAMU and Bethune-Cookman, or he's getting offers from Georgia Southern, and uh, he feels like if he goes across to the other school across the city, he can get those offers from Miami and Florida State. You know, mind you, he's a 5'11 outside linebacker, but, you know, you can't tell him anything. Those kids are going to start leaving. They're going to start bouncing, and they're going to all congregate to, you know, only a handful of schools. And now, should we worry about colleges getting involved in this process? What if there's a particular coach at a high school that is pretty friendly to a particular college? And there may be a player at another high school that you really, really want, but you're not sure that that coaching staff is on board. They might be pushing them elsewhere, maybe perhaps to even your rival. So what great lengths would the colleges go to make sure that a kid ends up at a particular high school? Because, you know, there's no rules against it. He can go wherever he wants. These are the things that are disturbing to me. This is where this whole thing could go. While there are people out there pounding the desk for freedom of choice, not always a good thing. Not always a good thing. So I'm a, I'm a little concerned about the future of high school football in the state of Florida if they do, in fact, as it seems, make this a rule that you can just kind of, I'm going to call it the do-whatever-you-want rule. What are going to be the ramifications of that? I don't think that certain people have thought this out. I think they've carefully thought this out. And will we see good coaches moving out of the coaching ranks here in the state of Florida? Can we see even more coaches now fleeing the state to go coach high school football, see them going to Georgia, see them going to Texas, see them going to Alabama and and other places where they can get paid better wages and not have to deal with all the BS? Because I'll tell you now, college coaches, will tell you there's a whole lot of BS in college football recruiting. Those guys, they'll get paid $250, $500, They get paid a million dollars to do their job. When you're sitting here staring at an $1,800, $2,500, $3,000 stipend, and you've got the same kind of madness in terms of trying to keep your kids and recruit others, is that going to be too much for some coaches? Why not just go do something else? What are we doing? And uh, that's the question that I don't know that people have really thought about. So we're going to have an issue with attendance. We're going to have a, uh, an issue with loyalty. We're going to have a – I mean, God in heaven only knows now what is going to be done, what tactics are going to be used to get kids. And m- listen, let me tell you something. They're going to be tactics. There will be tactics. When you start losing kids, when you, you know – other schools are getting kids, and you start seeing that left and right. Now you're going to have to find a way to get kids to come to you. And so what does that mean? How are you going to beat the other school for a kid? It's going to get competitive. Will money start to change hands? Will money become a factor in where kids go in high school football? High school football is going to turn to college football. I don't care what you say. It doesn't happen immediately. It will happen eventually. 
Then the other thing to consider too, the final thing you probably should consider also is the way our district's set up. You have some districts where there are three teams in a district. So if you have a situation where all the kids are going to you know, a handful of schools, you're going to have a three-team district of just really awful football teams. And they're going to be in the playoffs. You're going to have 80 to nothing scores in the playoffs. That's going to be a regular deal because I guarantee you what's going to become of this are juggernaut programs, powerhouse programs, programs where really good kids are sitting. And why do I say that? Because the alternative is not going to be to go to another place where there's nothing happened recruiting-wise. Kid will much rather sit there and pray and hope for his opportunity or to get in in garbage wrap-up time at the school where there's some recruiting action going on than to go to a place where he could, you know, be the man and wonder if colleges will come see him there. I'm telling you, strap up, folks. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful. And uh, that's my message to you guys. And I, I hope you enjoyed the recruiting roundtable. I always have a lot of fun doing it. Again, I want to make a programming note. Next Tuesday, make a note of it. Write it down. Be here. It's the National Signing Day Eve show. I will have the reporters on. We'll have some special guests on. We'll uh, take your phone calls. We'll talk recruiting. We'll do that for three hours here next week on the National Signing Day Eve show. So there's no recruiting roundtable Wednesday show next week. We'll not have a show on uh, Wednesday of next week. I will, you know, probably be involved in all of the festivities that go with National Signing Day, so I won't be having a radio show. But in lieu of that, we'll be having a National Signing Day Eve show. It was a really, really good show last year. It's going to be a greater show this year. So uh, mark that down. Have yourself here for it. Going to have a lot of fun doing that as we uh, talk about what might be the next day as we all celebrate what is Christmas for college football recruiting fans. All right, I want to thank all of you for listening to the show tonight. Um, I appreciate you being a loyal listener of the Gridiron Stud Show. And if you love the Gridiron Stud Show, tell a friend because the more the merrier. I want to thank all of my guests for coming on the show today. Andrew Spivey from Gator Country, Keith Niver from 247 Sports, Greg Biggins from Scout.com, Corey Bender from Scout.com, and Rob Cassidy from Arrivals.com. appreciate them all coming on the show. And uh, again, I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm back on again Friday with my co-host, Emil Calamino, as we talk uh, college and NFL football. Until then, enjoy your evening, enjoy your time. See you on Friday. Thanks for listening. Can you To all you high school recruits out there, you want to get recruited by the colleges? Step up and visit GridironStuds.com today. We got college coaches visiting. We've got people visiting. We've got fans visiting. If you want to be seen, get your video up there right now. It's easy. Create a profile. Takes two minutes. Stop playing games. Get off of Facebook. Take control of your future. GridironStuds.com is where you need to be today. Visit now. Set your profile up and let yourself be seen.